the Contracting Officer Podcast. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand how the other side thinks. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition Solutions. Skyway helps companies know more, do more, and win more in the government market. To learn more, visit skywayacquisition.com. In today's episode, Kevin and I talk about a unique feature of small business set-aside acquisitions. Let's get started. The small business notification, is, the concept's fairly simple, right? The idea is that the solicitation was a small business set-aside, okay? One of the small businesses is the apparent winner, meaning that they, we think that they're going to win this contract. However, this contracting officer wants to make sure they're actually a small business before they actually give them a contract. Well, one of the ways to do that, instead of Googling it and checking all over the place, is to ask the people who lost, hey, do you think they're a small business? And that's what this does. <laughs> because no one is more motivated to debunk that than the people that didn't win. Debunk. So this is FAR Part 15 stuff here. We're talking about notifying unsuccessful offers or losers that they did. <laughs> so harsh. That they didn't win. Yeah, I hate that political correctness. So we had a whole episode where we talked about unsuccessful offer letters, and we even mentioned this, this, but there's enough questions about it that better to dive in a little deeper. What is this small business challenge part for? So FAR 15503 is where the notice to unsuccessful offers is listed, and this is where when you decide who's, who's won or who's excluded from the competitive range, you have to notify everyone that bid. To get really specific with it, there's one tiny little paragraph, FAR 15503A2. It's called Pre-Award Notices for Small Business Programs. And in there, it says that the CO shall, prior to award, notify everybody that bid if you're using a small business set-aside procedures, if you're doing a hub zone acquisition, if you're doing the small disadvantaged veteran-owned small business procedures (laughs) – if you're doing women-owned small business procedures, that's all in FAR 19. But if you were reading a, that, weren't you? Yeah. If it's a small business set aside, then you have to tell all the offers that, hey, this company won. Here's their name and address. We're not asking you to submit a final proposal revision or anything different. We're not asking you to protest everything in the world. We're just telling you this company won, and you don't have to respond at all unless you would like to challenge their size status or small business status. So if you think that they don't actually qualify as a small business or a hub zone business or they're not actually veteran-owned or women-owned, this is your time to bring that up. And this is kind of like a unitasker of a, of a paragraph. It does one thing. If you don't have an issue with them being a small business, don't reply. It, it's, it's so simple that it freaks people out, that it's only doing one thing. And most contracts are so complicated that you're not used to seeing a, a paragraph that does one thing. But this does that one thing is if you think they're not a small business, here's your chance to voice that. Right. Otherwise, just let it go. Move on and wait for the official letter to come out that, hey, you officially lost. And that's a <laughs> podcast. So you, the CO has to do this except, you know, there's always an except. If it's a very urgent requirement, they document that they don't have time to do this extra step. Or if it's an 8A program set aside then you don't have to do it. And 8A is another category of set-aside that we'll talk about some other time. We still have to do a podcast on that. And to the short answer here is that in 8A, you can't self-certify. The government has to approve you as an 8A contractor, which means that somebody's already approved that you are an 8A. Right. 
therefore it doesn't make sense for somebody to challenge it. So that's why they don't apply here. So in the acquisition time zones, we're talking about the end of the time zones here. This is a source selection zone. This is when the decision is being made. Why is this so important? So the goal here, the government is intending to award to a small business. And how do these things get put in the FAR? Right. Probably because somebody did something that somebody didn't like, right? Somebody tried to sneak in as a small business when they were really a large business. And long after award, somebody else said, hey, they're not really a small business. And then it was a nightmare to unravel all the trouble, right? Yeah. And and think of it this way is that if you're protesting, all, you can protest all kinds of different things. This one's pretty binary. So my, my thought on why they made this a separate step is because either you are or you aren't. It's, this one's pretty easy to get out of. So if somebody could protest this as a part of everything else somebody protests and it drags out the protest process, they broke it into two steps to be able to knock this kind of low-hanging fruit. Either you're a small business or you're not. Yeah, it makes now it the qu- other th- quick and easy before you get into the rest of the, rest of the decision process. It, yeah, think of it like it's a, it's a quality check before we go into the, all the decision trees that go into a source selection decision and protest, et cetera. And don't let this trip you up. As a contracting officer, I have to admit that this is one of those things I came across later in my career. Um, <laughs> I, you, could probably make, you could probably go back and look in the archives and see a couple of contracts I awarded without doing this just because it's one little paragraph and I, I didn't notice it or you know, however you want to say it. But the point is a lot of contracting officers might not know it and I'm sure most contractors don't. So I discovered it. Later yeah, than I, I was on the system side most of the time and did big contracts with big contractors. So I can't say I ever really read or focused on that part. I know I never did it because I didn't do a whole lot of small business awards like that. But it's, you know, again, it's one paragraph, just one paragraph. Exactly. There's a lot of other paragraphs in the FAR. Let's focus on the why the government should care here. So Government is trying to award to a small business. That's a whole point of doing the set aside, right? This step can help the government make sure that they're not getting getting duped by the unscrupulous contractors or that just events haven't taken place that moved a small business into large business status during the course of your solicitation. And it's pretty cool because the government may not have the resources to efficiently figure out whether or not every company out there has tripped over the thresholds that separate large from small businesses. This enlists the help of the rest of industry to sort of self-police each other. And and it also protects you, the government contracting officer, from someone calling, I'll say it, you know, sour grapes later, or the idea of, oh, well, I shouldn't, you shouldn't have awarded that contract. I want to protest the fact that this is, that they're not a small business. You already had the chance to do that. Right, right. Especially after they've already started delivering or performing or whatever, right? This gets it out of the way right up front. And, and this is a particularly particularly touchy issue in some industries like service contracts because the, some of the thresholds can be pretty low and people approach them pretty fast. And, and again, I, haven't, I didn't research this, but the last time I talked to somebody and, and actually looked into it, the certification is as of the day you submit your proposal. So if it takes six months to award the contract, things may have changed. But the point is the concept is still there. If, if you think this company is a small business, this is your chance to, to let us know, let the government know. And so I think one of the things that I found useful about it once I discovered it is that, like, okay, I'm probably going to get a protest over something, but it's not going to be over this. All right, so here's a real story about how small business status can change. We were subcontracted to a small company, and they won the award. 
but it was protested for other reasons. The protest drug on for maybe a year while things were going back and forth. Kind of a messy situation. But during the course of all that, the veteran who owned the business died. So prior to award, the government asked the company to recertify that they're a veteran-owned small business, which they no longer were. So they could not – they were no longer eligible for the award because during the protest period, their status changed. Now, that's an extreme example of how this can happen, but it can. That's yeah. That, um, what's going through my head is the idea of, okay, so you're going to protest it until the owner dies. That's, wow. <laughs> no, you, I don't think you can plan on that as a protester. <laughs> yeah, say, that's crazy, but I'm wow. just saying that well, things just, drug on a really long time and, you know, it's, it's tragic, but that's how you, that's something that could happen that could make your company no longer qualify for the status that it had before. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it, by the way, this not to make light of somebody dying, I'm, that wasn't my intent. I'm just saying this stuff is really complicated, and this is yet another example of why. All right, back to far stuff. The government should care because this adds time to the process. The far actually says that the CO has to, prior to award, has to in writing notify people that hey, this company won to give them a chance to to say nope, they're not a small business. But it just says prior to award. Unlike many, 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 many other parts of the FAR, it doesn't say five days, three days, seven days, 30 days, whatever. It says prior to award. So what does prior to award mean to you? It's funny. I actually had this conversation with my contract specialist when we found this site in the FAR. And we were thinking, oh, can we tell them an hour ahead of time <laughs> so we can keep moving? Because, of course, you know, we were in a hurry to get the contract awarded. Of course, an hour is you know, schmucky. But three days was the official answer we got from the small business people. And of course, small, of course, yeah. they said three days. Yeah, like, well, that's a long time to sit on this thing, right? So we yeah. it's somewhere in between. But I mean, fortunately, I think we had like five offers. So it, I mean, I could have actually called them. That one of them called and freaked out, and I had to talk him down off the the ledge and explain to him that yes, this is only about the small business set aside. You'll get more information later. But three days might be too long. The point is, this is another thinking part of the job. Is you can decide: is it one day? Is it three days? Is it a week? I don't know. Uh, then that's, I would say a week's probably too long, but in this case, one day of prevention of doing this is going to save you two months of protests later. If this is their situation, because if you don't do this notification, the contracting officer doesn't do this notification and they award the contract to somebody who might be a small business, then the protest comes up. Well, now it's sucked into the yeah, protest. The side. official protest process is a huge time and money sucks. So better get this out of the way first. Right. Yep. So plan it into the schedule on the government side. Plan for some amount of delay, not delay. Plan them out for some amount of time. It feels like a delay, but right. it's part of the process. Put, it, put it into your schedule that you're going to have to, to leave a gap between when you decide and when you can actually make the award. And make sure your customer knows about this. And what I mean by that is the program manager, the user, the person that you as a contracting officer are, are serving, they don't know about this stuff. So when you tell them, oh, by the way, we just finished the decision. We decided to award to this contract. We have to give ourselves a day to do the small business notification. Plan for that, like you just said. And th- it sounds really silly, but it's like they're not reading the FAR. They have no idea. Like, I don't, they don't you weren't even reading the FAR. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they, an, an extra day at this. And think about it. After like it could be weeks or months of process, and you finally decided we want company X, and now, oh, sorry, can't award it just yet. 
they're going to go through the roof. Yeah. So, you know, but it's it a good thing. It, it adds integrity to the process, right? Yes. You want offers, especially the small businesses who bid, to know that the process isn't rigged. That, oh, there is some real quality control to check. Yes, this company that, that's been around for 15 years and they have a giant billboard at the baseball stadium in my town. What do you mean? They're not a small business. You know, I want the chance to argue that. And right. And that slides us right over to why industry should care so much, right? This, this helps you understand that the process isn't rigged. It gives you a chance to help the government make the right decisions. The other thing is you may actually get a letter from your the contracting officer that says the apparent winner of this competition is this company. So they, they don't have to say apparent winner. That's such a weird term. But the FAR says must notify of the apparent winner. And many, many contracting officers, uh, including I think me and you. Uh, Myself included. Qu- yeah, qu- quoted from the FAR and wrote exactly the words in the FAR. So they're going to tell you that this company won. And you, if you want to challenge the fact that they're a small business, now's your chance. They may say the apparent winner, and that just gets confusing. Yeah, basically, it means unless you convince us otherwise, they're going to win. So remember that if you are the winner, it, you know, it goes both ways. If you win, understand that your status could be challenged by your peers. So make sure that you really are a small business and that qualifies for whatever that type of set-aside is because the thresholds are – there's many different thresholds depending on what's being bought and how. Yeah, and, and make sure you have your ducks in a row specifically if you're a service contractor because, again, there are lower thresholds. They tend to move faster, and you don't want to have – if you're a $14 million threshold, right, and you're a big brand in your industry, don't be surprised if somebody challenges it, and you don't want to be caught flat-footed with this. Yeah, and if you're the on the losing side, you know, be ready. You're going to get a letter that says, "Hey, this company won. Are they a small business? Be ready. Know know your competitors. If if you think somebody's bidding that has recently won a large award that might push them over the threshold, you know, you're not going to have a lot of time to prove that. So, this would be a good time to prep while you're waiting. And this is one more chance to see inside the process. We always talk about the 80% process that government contracting is. And this is one more way that they've broken out the process and kind of shined a flashlight on this little piece of it. And so the the big takeaway I see here is when you get that letter that says the apparent winner in quotes is somebody else, if you don't know who that company is, you probably aren't doing enough market research on on your competitors. And if you don't know that that company is a small business or anything about them, you should have seen it's coming. <laughs> right. You don't want to be maybe. blindsided at that point. Right. And, and maybe that means you're not targeting well enough or maybe it's a well, you know, it, I'm not necessarily saying it it guarantees you weren't targeting. But in, in theory, you should know who your competitors are, particularly if if this contract's big enough that they did this notification. For right. You. Learn from this. When you see that someone else won, what did you learn from that? What What does this tell you that you can use next time you bid? Right. You're going to get some kind of debrief, you know, might just be their price, might be something else, but you need to ingest that and use it next time you bid. And there's another one is what do you know about them that you can use now, like to call them up and be a gracious loser and see if they need a teaming partner. <laughs> or, or what hey, you congrats. Can, use- can I have a piece of that? <laughs> yeah, so you be surprised. <laughs> happens, happens a lot. Yeah. Um, and also to think long term is, OK, what, what, what did I miss here? Because this does kind of give you, not kind of, it does give you a heads up on the official notification you're going to get. 
Yeah. So that says you officially lost, right? And which you can then you get your three days to do your debriefing, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so it, it's a, it's almost like a shot over the bow. It says, "Hey, heads up, we're going to award this contract to somebody else." And so you know, instead of yeah. freaking out and wasting that time pouting, use it. Hey, we'll talk later about why you should do a post mortem after you lose. That would be a whole other podcast. Yeah. All right, to summarize this, we're talking about one small paragraph in the FAR that requires the contracting officer to notify small businesses that some small business won, and if you would like to challenge the fact that they're a small business, this is your chance before we make the award. This is a unique government contracting thing. It's not going to happen in the commercial world. You're not going to get this notification if you're bidding on any other kind of stuff outside of the government world. Yeah, you're not going to have somebody say, hey, is it okay if we award to this guy? Are you sure he's a small business? I just it's, it's, <laughs> it's almost laughable when you think about trying to do that on the commercial side. So on the government side, we've talked about make sure you plan for it. Make sure people know about it. Make sure yep. you put it in your schedule. It's going to add sure. a little time to it. Yeah. And, and make sure your customers, the losers, and even the winner all know what it means. I had a winner call me once and said, whoa, whoa, this, this letter, I, I got a notice from one of my competitors that, that I won this contract. And I'm like... Yeah, we just talked about that yesterday when I told you. And he says, "Well, they're they're threatening the, the they're they're threatening all the stuff on the pro, to protest all these different things." And I'm thinking, "Okay, deep breath." And I'm sitting there, I'm seeing kind of condescending, but this is my fault for not explaining to them what this letter means. I had him on the phone the day before, told him that he's the apparent winner, right? I should have explained to him. I'm going to send this letter out. Here's what's going to happen. So let make sure everybody knows this is coming <laughs> because it's again, it's one little paragraph in the far. Not everybody uses it. We yeah, all don't should. start working yet. This isn't a yeah. contract. This is <laughs> just a notification. <laughs> yeah, don't start writing checks. Uh, so just just give him a heads up. And if you're on the industry side, that's that's the thing. Know what it means. It when you get that letter. You don't, this isn't time to protest everything else that you're angry about because you lost, right? This is just talking small business. You're going to get the official announcement letter that's going to have some details later. And if it's the right kind of competition, a a chance to request a debriefing and get all the details. So make sure you know exactly what you're talking about here. So make sure you understand exactly what this letter does and what it doesn't. And, And don't get distracted unnecessarily at this point. And what I mean by that is I awarded a contract. Actually, let me rephrase that. See how easy it is? I was had an apparent winner, was getting to, ready to award the contract, sent this letter out. The next morning, I got this very detailed explanation of all the things that, that the contractor that did not win wanted to know about why I didn't include it. He probably spent a couple of hours crafting this perfect email that he knew was going to end up in his protest file eventually. So I called him up and said, dude, the letter... I didn't say dude, but you know, <laughs> so don't, don't, should have. The letter was just for the small business set aside. You're going to get the, the rest of the story when you get the uh, official notification, at which point you can uh, request your debriefing. Again, that's my fault for not telling him, making it clear. You know, usually it's the messenger who is, who is not telling the whole story. And so he got distracted by, he was thinking this was his formal notification. And sure, I could blame him for not reading part of the, this part of the FAR, but it's not useful. I just gave three examples in this podcast about how this one little section of the FAR created all kinds of work for contractors that it shouldn't have. If it <laughs> educated them on the context of it. So I hope that helped today. Yeah. What, this is uh, What We Did Wrong, Volume 73. That's right. <laughs> and, and again, one paragraph down, 70,000 to go. There we are. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, Kevin. See you, Paul. Okay, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. 
Our topics are mostly listener-generated, so if you have an idea about some confusing part of the government acquisition world that we should cover on an episode, send me an email at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. And last, the greatest compliment you can give us is to share the Contracting Officer Podcast with others. If you learned something from today's episode, please tell a friend to give it a listen too. 